Your home of the best pens coverage. WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. that greatly amazed me. TV ratings from this past Monday night. Twice as many people watched Monday night football than watched the playoff game in baseball between the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees. Twice as many people watched regular season football than watched an MLB playoff game featuring two premier MLB franchises. So we can safely conclude that the take-a-knee crisis is over. All that, it, it, it took a while, but it, it blew over. It looked like it never would, but it blew over. And now, when you look at those TV ratings, it's really like it never happened. The problem of injustice for minorities in America, uh, that's not been solved. Not yet. I don't deny the positive impact of the take a knee movement. I think Trump hyping it made people want it to go away. Trump tried to fuel the fire, but he actually inadvertently put it out. But all that tangibly happened because of the take a knee movement is Colin Kaepernick got a Nike deal. That's all that tangibly happened. No one act of protest is ever going to straighten out social problems. No one man or woman is going to straighten out social problems. It didn't happen that way with Rosa Parks or with Jackie Robinson or with John Carlos and Tommy Smith, nor with Colin Kaepernick. It takes time. You have to plant the seed, and I think Kaepernick did that, but... Then you have to wait for the seed to take roots. It almost has to be organic. Barry's Wear Boots brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Know what I mean by that? I think Kaepernick did the right thing and at the expense of his own career, like Nike has now reminded us many times, but the impact's been minimal. And the stuff I mentioned, the impact, even in the most famous of examples, it took a while. Like Jackie Robinson... Uh, broke into the major leagues in 1947 with the Brooklyn Dodgers. You know how long it was before each team in the majors had a black player? Not till 1959. That's when the Boston Red Sox, a racist franchise in a racist city, especially back then, it took them that long to get a black player. It took the New York Yankees the best part of a decade to get a black player, Elston Howard. It takes a while. No matter how big the act of the pioneer, it takes a while. 
And that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It decidedly is. It just means don't expect instant results. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. There's a story online about how Ryan Shazier is at the Steelers facility every day at 7 a.m. And I get it. He's adjusting to life without football. It was Shazier's life for almost his whole life, and now he can only be on the periphery. But my question is, is Shazier ever going to wean himself away from football? Because he's not going to play again. He's not qualified to coach. At what point does Shazier's presence become counterproductive to his transition away from playing football? Uh, He's very close to something he can never experience again. Shazier can reach out, but he can't touch it. He's made an amazing recovery. His life is relatively normal. He can walk. God bless, Ryan Shazier is a living, breathing miracle. And his brilliance as a football player has been proven even more so in his absence than it was in his presence. Because that Steeler defense is not half of what it used to be when Shazier played. I just wonder how much good he's doing himself always being around the game. Uh, Tom Brady said the NFL is more like college football now. Some feel Brady said that to discredit the young quarterbacks who are doing so well. But honestly, I have zero idea what what Tom Brady meant. Whenever a famous athlete, or for that matter, anybody famous, says something pithy, we act like they came down from the mountaintop with stone tablets, often as we have no idea what the frig they meant. But if Brady wants to discredit the young quarterbacks, he just needs to beat Kansas City and Pat Mahomes on Sunday Night Football. That game is cataclysmic. And tonight you got Philadelphia playing at the New York Football Giants. Philadelphia, the defending Super Bowl champion, they're 2-3, and three and the New York Football Giants are 1-4. and four. It's like a playoff game in October. It's safe to say the loser is Dunzo. Heck, if New York wins, they both might be Dunzo. We've had a few games like that uh, so far this season, including Pittsburgh and Atlanta last week. And uh, Cincinnati don't need to win Sunday, but but I think Pittsburgh definitely does. Don't you just take Odell Beckham Jr.? I do. He got his money. He got his term. And now he's a bigger complainer than ever before. A bigger pain in the ass than ever before. I would never give a diva wide receiver a long-term deal for big money. Those guys don't win. They don't care if they win, and they make the game a miserable experience. OBJ isn't competitive. He doesn't just want to win. He's a selfish jerk egomaniac. Call him what he is. Heck, next thing you know, OBJ going to be chucking furniture off a balcony. Let's go to Mike and Moon. Mike, you're to Mark Madden Show. What's up, Mark? What up, man? Uh, regarding Regal as star tonight, I was thinking that if he does well in his stint up here, 
Ollie Motto would be a good uh, candidate to be traded because he's essentially a cap dump at this point if compared to Ricola's salary. Actually, uh, Ollie Motto at his age and accomplishment is a very affordable cap number moving forward. I mean, $3 million is good, but... And, and so you would look to trade Ollie Motto if, if Ricola has a good game tonight? <laughs> well, if he does go in his stint up here, essentially. How good does he have to do? Because he would have to go a long way to do as well as Olimata has done since joining the Penguins. Well, I wouldn't say Olimata has done particularly well so Yeah, far. just the two Stanley Cups being the second or third best defenseman last year. You're right, it really is a checkered resume. I've always seen him as a turnover machine. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. And how, why is it when Olimata beat cancer, you call him a turnover machine? Whenever James Conner beats cancer, every time he falls forward for two yards, we're like, Conner! Why is that? I honestly couldn't tell you. Right, because you're a jerk. Goodbye. Seriously, why is that? Only Mata beat cancer. Ah, get rid of him. Turnover machine. James Conner beats cancer and gains three yards. I'm close. I'm close, James. Fall forward again. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Uh, in case you missed it earlier, uh, Matt Murray did practice today. He took shots at the skate, so his injury, his concussion, might bite, might not be as severe as. Uh, well, we we don't know. You never know with concussions, but hopefully he'll be okay soon. And uh, NFL writer Jason Lekadfora reports that Bell till the Eagles uh, is a thing. But if it's not Bell to the Eagles, it might be Shady McCoy to the Eagles. And uh, they've had McCoy on their team before. That would be a more comfortable transition back. I think they'd feel more comfortable about what they'd be getting with, with LaShawn McCoy as opposed to what they'd be getting with Le'Veon Bell. This thing where Bell, you know, skip not one, but now two training camps in a row, and where he told the Steelers he was coming in and, didn't, and now he told ESPN he's coming in but still hasn't told the Steelers. I don't think there's a lot of trust in Le'Veon Bell out there in the business community, especially when he's not signed anything. Then again, th to make that trade, he would have to sign that, that franchise tender. Uh, the guy's a pain in the ass. I don't want him at this point. You don't know what you'll get from him at this point. I think if the Steelers can trade Bell to the Eagles or whoever, that's what they should do. Let's go to Steve and Latrobe. Steve, real quick, you're on the X. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I just want to get your opinion on the Ole Matter situation. I think you had Dan Kovacovic on the. Why is it yesterday. a situation? Well, about him uh, staying after practice to practice on his skating. Um, don't you think that's something he should have done in the off season instead of waiting until the regular season for? How do you How do you know he didn't? Uh, didn't Dayon say he did yesterday on your show yesterday? How does Dayon know well, he didn't? Oh, oh, well, I mean, he was... No, Olimata did stay. Olimata has been working on his skating, but how do you know he didn't work on it in the offseason? Well, you're right about that. I don't, but I... Yeah, and why Why do you want to get rid of Olimata? Why Why are you so I'm, hot to, to no, like put in a guy... I mean, you want to put in a, a Finn who's never played in the league, never got drafted... He's playing his first NHL game tonight. You haven't seen him play, and you're talking about, well, if he plays great, maybe we can get rid of the other Finn who's the same age, who was a first-round draft pick, who's won two Stanley Cups, and who arguably 
was their second or third best defenseman last year and is plus 49 on his career. I'm not saying get rid of him. Actually, but, I'm pretty you sure know, you, you, you did say that. You said, how do we resolve the Olimata situation if Rikola plays well? The guy's never played a game, and you're trying to run him out of town at the expense of some curtain jerker who didn't get drafted, played in a crap league in Finland, had a good training camp, a couple exhibition well, games, and now you think he's Nick Lidstrom, don't you? No, well, you just put words in my mouth. No, 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 I'm trying to highlight the fact that you don't have a clue. Anything else? I'm trying to highlight the fact that Ole Matta is probably one of the worst skaters in the league. Okay, what part of plus 49 on his career didn't you get? What part of second or third best defenseman on the team last year didn't you get? I heard you on kick and clear, but the league's getting faster, and you better get fast quick, otherwise he's going to get left in the dust. Well, you know what? I bother your superior hockey analysis. I think every time somebody looks slow out there, heck, never mind trading them or scratching them. Take them behind the barn and shoot them. <laughs> Bro, seriously, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I cannot speak any more strongly upon your lack of hockey acumen when you're trying to replace Ole Mata with a guy who has yet to play one game in the league. Anything else? Good. I enjoyed this. I'm live at Buford's on Fifth Avenue. Don't forget, if you're a kid, uh, I already gave one away. I got I got four pucks left to give away. Just don't be mad if you get here too late. You don't get a puck. We got Josh Joey at the bottom of the hour. I don't understand the motto, hate. Don't get it at all. There are plenty of guys on defense. Well, put it this way. I would bench Alexiak before I bench Mata. I would have done that tonight. I think Mata's better than Jack Johnson. Schultz, I think that's fairly close. They're different kinds of defensemen. The only defensemen they got that are clearly better are the top pair guys, Latang and Dumoulin. But he can't skate. Yeah, like, you know what you're watching. 105.9 X. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. I want to go over these perfect uh, suspension figures. Vontas perfect has been fined or suspended 11 times. He has missed a total of 10 games through suspension. And due to forfeited pay because of suspensions or fines levied by the league, he has lost out on $4 million. Uh, when the Bengals had the Steelers beat in that playoff game back in January 2016, Instead of just winning the game, on a fourth down, he took a gratuitous, obvious, had-to-be-called headshot at Antonio Brown and ended Brown's season, but picked up a 15-yard penalty. Pac-Man Jones added egg beater to troubled waters when he took a 15-yard penalty. And Boswell kicked a 15-yard chip shot field goal, and that was the game. The Bengals gave a playoff game away. And the dominoes started falling because of Vontez Burfick's stupidity. So don't tell me the guy's a competitor because he cares more about administering injury than he does money or winning. And everything he's done in his career suggests that. Very strongly suggests that. Uh, I was watching TV, 
Greta Van Fleet, Highway Tune. Their ad is used by uh, a sports merch company, Fanatics.com. The fleet gets more big time every day. Joining me now very briefly from Sluggo's Bar, he is Hebrew Hammer. Hebrew Hammer, Yakshimash. Yakshimash, Mark. I, uh, I don't call much these days, but when I do, I try to make a valid uh, point. Um, what do you think about Antonio Brown? Uh, his recent behavior is so erratic. It's so bizarre. What do you think of the chances that he is showing symptoms or signs of CTE? I don't dismiss it, but uh, whatever it is, I think it's pathetic that no one around him, be it family or teammates or the Steelers organization, is telling him to get help. Because whether this is mental or physical, clearly someone needs to take a closer look, and he needs help. Well, as you know, the CTE would be both mental and physical. Um, but, again, it's just so bizarre. It reminds me of Chris Henry, I believe was his name. Yes. He was a wide receiver for the Bengals, and he died yes. in a bizarre situation. And, you know, if people think that the CTE takes a guy like Junior Seau to play like 20-some years in the NFL, but Chris Henry was only like in the NFL like like four or five years. That's correct. And uh, when they did an autopsy on Chris Henry, uh, he had the brain of an 80-year-old man. Uh, definitely yeah. some CTE problems there. But we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss that A.B. is either – Mentally unhinged, or he's just a jerk. And that could be that could equally be the case, but I just think that uh, it's developed. It's like come on so fast over the last year. It's like you know. You well, think you, he was you, just you may have heard already. what Jerry Dulac said, uh, but he said AB's a different person this year. So yeah, that could be part of it. But until they try to find out what it is, at the expense of him maybe catching as many passes as they'd like or playing as many games as they'd like, then I can't worry too much about it. If they don't think it's important, nor can I. Now, let me ask you a quick question because we're up against it here. Yeah. Uh, what if I told you I preferred you calling more frequently but making less uh, solid points? Okay, I can make a good comparison to uh, A.B. and Rocky uh, and Rocky Five. how uh, Balboa turned out. Would you like that? That's your cue. Good day, Marcus. I said good day. Up next, we talk hockey with Josh Owey. I'm live at Buford's 105.9 X. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. I just gave away a Penguins puck to a lovely young lady who came to visit. So, kids, we got three pucks left. Three, not four. Don't be mad if you're kid number four. Joining me now, he covers hockey for theathletic.com. It's a pleasure to welcome Josh Owey. Josh, give us a Matt Murray update. I guess he participated in the skate today. Do you sense he's close to returning from his third concussion in his career? Uh, yeah, he even took some shots today, Mark, which I certainly was not expecting at all. Um, so, yeah, that obviously is very encouraging news. And that's the way concussions are. Sometimes in two or three days you're fine. Uh, other times it takes weeks or months. Uh, maybe Matt got lucky and he'll be back soon. The fact that he's taking shots is Obviously a huge sign. He's not going to play tonight. Uh, has not been rolled out for Saturday night in Montreal. Um, given his history, you think maybe they'd be careful with him and hold him out a few more days, but 
then again, you, you go with what the doctors say, and if the doctor says you're fine, then you're fine. But uh, a little surprising to see him on the ice taking shots this quickly, and obviously a uh, good sign. How concerned are the Penguins about Matt Murray being injury-prone? Because he debuted in December 2015. This is his third concussion and eighth injury total. Um, yeah, I mean, they're obviously aware of it. Are they concerned? I haven't had a lot of people tell me they think it's a huge concern, but when you make the checklist of pros and cons with him, that is a con, and it makes you wonder, Mark, um, just in terms of down the road, um, I don't know how Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith are going to pan out. They're both talented, but maybe the Penguins will at some point invest in some money in a, a really good backup, a veteran guy who might cost them a couple of million dollars a year. I, I know they don't like to do that. They love having guys on the cheap at backup because they have so many expensive players, which I understand. But given Matt's injury history, I think that's something they will consider in the near future. Well, and given that they won the Cups in 16 and 17, with exactly the situation you're describing. Not that they could hope to match that combination of Murray and Flurry for those two years. But I look at what Chicago did to back up Corey Crawford. They got Cam Ward, who had been number one in Carolina for all those years. And uh, it just strikes me that might be the way to go, to have Murray as one and have a guy like Cam Ward be 1A. And that's no knock on Murray, but next year some cap space opens up. You, you, you're free of the Hagelin contract. I agree that might well be the way to go. Yeah, I think it probably is. There's nothing wrong with that. It is the most important position in the game. Let's not lose uh, track of that. And, you know, the Penguins were very fortunate to have Marc-Andre Fleury in 2017. They don't win the Stanley Cup without him. I mean, for God's sake, Jeff Zakoff had to win a playoff game against the Rangers in 2016. Um, so for all the glowing things you can say about Murray, and he's been great, um, he gets hurt a ton. There's no question about it. It was one of Flurry's greatest strengths. He almost never got hurt. His durability just year after year was incredible. And uh, it's clear that that's not the case with Matt. And you hope he'll get a, a good uh, run of, of health soon. But he hasn't yet. And the longer this goes on, the more I think the Penguins probably should invest in that position. What are your expectations for Juso Ricola tonight? Well, I'm fascinated to see him. If he has a good game, I suspect the entire fan base will assume he's Bobby Orr. I'm not ready to go that far yet. He's going to play with Jamie Alexiak on the third pairing, and he's going to play on the left side, or the right side, rather, which I would prefer to see him on his natural left side, personally. I still like Alexiak on the right side. I guess the coaching staff disagrees with me, but the guy can play. He's a really good skater. He handles the puck well. The only thing I will say about him is that we haven't really seen him do it against NHL caliber competition. Uh, a lot of the guys he was skating around in the preseason were playing in the AHL right now. So I want to see him out there against good forwards, and let's see how he looks. He, he certainly seems to have the physical skills, though, Mark. He is a really physical guy. He's got tree trunks for legs, really strong. He can skate. Uh, I think he might be pretty good. But we, we still need to see it against real live NHL competition, and we're going to get to see that tonight against a pretty good team. Is it inevitable that Mata gets back in the lineup relatively soon, or do you think he might be in some trouble? I don't think he's in trouble. I mean, he didn't play well in the first two games. We know that. But Ole Mata is a very good, very accomplished defenseman. I know for a fact Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford and Jacques Martin and Sergey Gontra really like him. They, they all do. He is, in general, a very reliable player. But the only problem is, who do you take out? And the problem is, you know, Jack Johnson, he just signed a five-year contract. You're not going to bench him in his first week, and he hasn't done anything wrong anyway. Uh, Alexiak didn't play great, but they like him, and they like the 
the fact that he brings some physicality into the lineup. So uh, it is interesting to see how it will work out. If they win tonight, they'll probably keep the same lineup Saturday in Montreal. But I don't look at Ole as being a long-term scratch or a guy they might trade sometime soon. Uh, he's a clearly a good NHL defenseman, and I think it's a matter of time until he's back in. We're talking to Josh Yowie of The Athletic here on the Mark Mann Show. Josh is brought to you by the Orthopedic Institute at Monongahela Valley Hospital. Uh, Coach uh, Mike Sullivan was very mad after the loss to Montreal Saturday, and the Penguins had some hard practices. Will we necessarily see more structure tonight as a result of all that? Well, we certainly couldn't see any less, Mark. So I think it's a, I think it's a possibility. Uh, it was interesting. Monday's practice, it was a, a long, tough practice for about an hour. And Sullivan and the coaches left the ice, and the players stayed on the ice for another half hour, almost all of them, which is highly unusual. And that's actually when Matt Murray got hurt, by the way. So they had a really long practice Monday. They weren't even supposed to practice Tuesday. And Sullivan changed the schedule, and they did practice, and they practiced again yesterday. Um, pretty unusual. That tells you the coach was not at all happy. And just from, especially the practice Monday, Sullivan's voice was booming around PPG Paints Arena, and he was just screaming, puck management, play defense, play defense, over and over again. So I would assume you will see a more structured performance, especially with a backup goalie in the night. Teams usually tighten things up defensively a little bit. So I know it's the Penguins, but I'm not really expecting an 8-6 game tonight. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. If you want a team to play better defense and play more systematic, just put the backup goalie in. Uh, they they tend to go for yeah. the free skate in front of Matt Murray like they so often did with Mark Andre Fleury as well. But uh, Casey DeSmith in goal could be just what the doctor ordered. It's his first game this year, Josh. What do you expect from DeSmith tonight, and how far do you think he's come during his Pittsburgh tenure? You know, I think he's come really far. I, I like him. Um, I do too. He, you know, he, he doesn't have a great pedigree. I realize that he wasn't drafted. He's not real big. But what he does have is legitimate NHL athleticism. Uh, side to side, man, is he quick. Really, really quick. I like his glove hand. And he's just got a real composure about him. Um, he does not seem to get rattled. Um, I talked to him last week, in fact, and he said, God, the schedule's tough. He knew all the days off. He said, I don't know what I'm going to get in. And you could tell he was just itching to play. He's not some guy who's just happy to be in the NHL getting a paycheck. He, he really wants to go out and show what he can do. Um, so, yeah, he's undersized. Uh, that's his flaw, no question. But uh, I like him. I, the fact of the matter is he, he exceeded expectations in Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh last year. He had a great training camp, so uh, let's see how he looks. Uh, staying with the goaltending, I have no doubt DeSmith and Jari are just fine in October. But God forbid Murray gets hurt in the playoffs, which he has. That said, we talked earlier about getting a, a better backup, a veteran backup. I just don't see that happening this year. Almost no matter what. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely. Uh, you don't see goalies traded during the season in, much, in general uh, in, in this era anyway. Um, it wouldn't be the worst idea because as much as I do like those two kids, I, I don't really like them in a playoff series if they have to go head-to-head against Bray Colby for a couple of games. I, I don't like the Penguins' odds in such a, so, such a circumstance. So yeah, ideally they would have a veteran backup. Um, it's just hard when you look at the salary cap. There's only so much flexibility there. Although I will say, when you look at the Penguins roster, they certainly don't need any more defensemen right now, and they're pretty stacked at forwards, so and who knows? Maybe things will work out that way, and Jim Rutherford will look for a backup goaltender come February. It wouldn't be shocking, but uh, there's just only so many guys available in that circumstance, so I, I still don't really think it's likely. 
and boy, could the Penguins use Matt Murray just having a good a long run of, of good health. It, it has been a while. Why hasn't Tristan Jari panned out like the Penguins had hoped? That's a good question. And he's still fairly young, so you know, goaltenders typically do take a little longer to develop. And he wasn't horrible last year. He was okay. Um, here's one thing that really hurts Tristan. I think he's just an extremely slow starter. Um, he had a bad camp a couple of years ago. He had one this year. He had a real slow start to the season in Wilkes-Barre last season as well. And the Smith really started to outplay him, and that's when he got his break. Um, Jari does get better as the season goes on. That's something we should keep in mind. But he's just been ordinary, Mark. Uh, um, for a guy who was a second-round pick, you kind of expect more. And there's just been some real inconsistencies in his game. He gives up some bad goals so a little too often. That's one thing the Smith doesn't do much of. So I don't think Jari has been a disaster or a bust, but I, I just sense that he's slow at developing, and that's not ideal for the Penguins right now. They certainly need some help at that position. My theory is is that uh, I don't know if he's a fiery competitor to begin with, Josh, and he's only one year younger than Murray. He's not going to beat up Murray. I, I think that discourages Jari, and I think that may show up in his play. That's a fair point. Uh, no, he's got an extremely laid-back personality, no question about that. Um, I, I don't look at Tristan and say, man, that guy's a competitor. And I do feel that way about Casey DeSmith, actually. He does yes. have more of that personality. And so does Matt Murray, by the way. I, I would make the argument Matt Murray was at his best when he was being pushed by one Marc-Andre Fleury. And I think there's something to that. I think it's a good thing for a goaltender to have that personality. And perhaps Tristan doesn't have that. But uh, they're getting to the point with Tristan. It, they're going to have to figure out what he is at some point, And it's going to be this season. If they want him to be the long-term backup, fine. Um, maybe they're going to have to trade him. I know everyone always suggests that, but you know what? The problem with trading him is every organization has a Tristan Jari, so I, I don't think the return would be as much as uh, people maybe think. Uh, Vegas is 1-3. and three. I expect them to backslide this year, Josh. The adrenaline is gone, and guys like Eric Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault may never play, especially produce, like they did last year. No, you're right. Carlson's not going to score 40 goals ever again in his life. I'm, I'm quite certain. Um, it's funny. I still picked them to be a playoff team. And on paper, they might be a, a little better this year, even though losing James Neal certainly hurts. Um, they'll be fine. They're off to a slow start. But you're right. Everything went so perfectly for that team last season. And I'm taking nothing away from what they did because they were actually quite dominant running through the Western Conference on their way to the final. But they deserve credit for that. To beat that Winnipeg team in five games was extraordinary. But you're right. They just don't have that mojo early on this season. You can sense it. And also, I'm sure people took them a little lightly last season, at least in the first couple of months. You're playing an expansion team. It's hard to get up for an expansion team. And now, all of a sudden, you have the defending Western Conference champions coming to your building. It's a completely different feel. So I think that plays a role. I still think they can be a playoff team as long as Marc-Andre stays healthy. The Western Conference isn't very good. I think they'll get to the playoffs again, but uh, they're not going to do what they did last year, Mark. I, I just can't see that happening. It seems like there's a lot of goals around the league, Josh. Uh, what's going on? And I can't help but wonder if the new spring of your boards are playing a role. Yeah, boy, every time we're in the locker room after a game, Mark, we've got defensemen complaining about those boards. So <laughs> I think there there is something to that. Uh, a couple of things. It's October. Scoring is always up in October. Um, teams just play looser defensively. Referees actually call a lot of penalties that they're supposed to call, things they will not be calling come January. So the power plays are up. And I would also suggest that it's a copycat league. And look at what the Penguins did in 16 and 17. 
using all that speed and skill just to outscore people and outscape people. I really do think teams have adopted that approach around the league. It's a faster league. Uh, teams aren't employing the six foot four, two hundred and forty pound lumbering guys quite as much. Um, it's geared more toward offense. So, so I think maybe we will see a little bit of a boom in scoring because of that. But it's still something of an aberration. It's, it's, it's fun while it lasts. Don't get me wrong. I certainly enjoy watching it. I wish it was like this all the time, but uh, history tells us it won't be. I'm disappointed Flurry's not playing tonight, but I kind of get it. Whenever he comes back to Pittsburgh, it's such a production. I mean, look at last year, his 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 return to play in Pittsburgh after leaving the Penguins. It's such a production. There's probably too much pressure. It didn't go great for him last night at Washington, but I, I do get it. I do, too. I know it's disappointing for all the people uh, who just wanted to see him play tonight, but... Yeah, you got to look at the big picture. And also, you know, that was hard for him last season, Mark. They played the video in the first period. He had tears in his eyes trying to stop hockey pucks the rest of the first period. He told us afterwards that it had to be incredibly difficult for him. And I get it. And I get wanting him to play, you know, a rematch of the Stanley Cup final. That's fine. And you know what? Flower loves it here. Make no mistake. Maybe it's nice for him just to enjoy himself for a day and to sit on the bench and to just kind of soak it all in. And maybe he doesn't need to play. Maybe just having him around should be good enough for the people who love him so much. And he'll play here again many times, I have no doubt. But uh, I don't think it's a big deal that he's not playing, and I certainly understand the, the reasoning behind it. Josh, good stuff. We'll see you in just a bit at the rink. All right, Mark. See you in a couple hours. That's Josh Owey. Check out his fine work covering hockey at theathletic.com. The Athletic recently bolstered by adding... Robert Rossi. Wonder if he's in any relation to that that guy who used to write hockey, Rob Rossi. Uh, up next, going to talk to Bob McLaughlin. I am live at Buford's on Fifth, right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. It's the Mark Madden Show, one hundred five nine X. That's Oli Mod of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, one hundred five ninety X. Got to give a shout-out to my buddy, Denny Urban, a former ice hockey player at Robert Morris University, uh, just selected to the RMU Hall of Fame. Uh, Well-deserved, and congratulations to Denny Urban. Joining me now is Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, everyone's disappointed Flurry's not playing tonight. Saban is in goal for Las Vegas. Here's my idea. Get five in the first period. Chase Subban, and then Flurry has to play. <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm okay with that on all angles. That's well thought out, well planned. Uh, Recall is in tonight. Mod is out. What's your take on that? What are your expectations for Ricola? And don't you feel like Mata has to get back in there pretty quickly? Yeah, you know what's funny, Mark, is that I know you and I watch the game differently. You know the game much better than I. Um, I watch it more as a fan, and sometimes I'm not really sure on the positioning or some of the other technical aspects of it. But people have Mata in their sights, I think, for one reason. He he doesn't get beat that often, but when he does, it's for somebody who's got a lot of speed, a lot of talent on their skates. They go around him pretty easily, and then they note that. They they target that, and they bring it up time and time again. They'll never say anything about when he poke checks, the, you know, the stick checks away uh, the puck, when he bounces it off the boards to get it out, when he makes a nice stretch pass to get it out of the zone. They just remember him being flat-footed and getting beat. Mata talks about it. He knows he has to improve it. Um, I don't think he had a one of his best seasons last year. I don't know if the knee-jerk reaction now is going to last, but I understand why Sullivan wants to maybe get another look at the new guy. Um, I brought this up earlier. 
James Conner could break wind en route to gaining 1.2 yards, which is roughly what he gained per carry in the uh, second, third, and fourth games of the season. And people would say, oh, wait, he beat cancer. He's a hero. Whereas only Mata beat cancer, and people appear ready to just uh, cast him uh, away, even though he helped win two cups. Uh, why do people approach those two athletes so differently? Because it fits their narrative. I think really, Mark, it can be that simple. They had already targeted Olimata as somebody that they wanted to pick on or some of the, you know, cause of all the problems of the Penguins defense, and that fits into their narrative. They don't want to talk about the cancer coming back or how healthy he was. I think he played every single game last year. I don't think he missed any. If he did, maybe one or two. Um, but that's just it. They, they fit it to fit, they form it to fit their narrative, and it is a great story. That Connor's doing what he's able to do. So is but the Mata story. And I was just going to say, but it is also a great story because it's more than just the cancer that Olimata is back playing the game. And he's going to be better. He's going to be better than he is uh, at the beginning of this season. Bob Bavada put out odds on whether Vontez Perfect will get a personal foul called on him uh, Sunday in the game between the Steelers and Bengals at Cincinnati. Uh, yes is favored, plus 225. No is minus 350. Given that Juju laid him the frig out last year in the corresponding fixture, I would have to bet on him getting the personal foul. What say you? I say that this being out there now on the internet and Vontez Burfick definitely doing uh, seeing it, um, he's going to be he's going to be pissed about this. Uh, he may even put his own money down and at least make it worth his while. It's going to happen. Bob, don't don't you think that Juju Smith Schuster? I don't know if he will be, but he should be scared. He. He took that guy out last year, and that guy always gets even, doesn't care about winning, doesn't care about money, doesn't care about suspension. He just likes to hurt people. He's a sociopath. Mark, if I was Juju, I would take my Pizza Hut money and put it down on that bet, and then I would be out there talking every single play, you know, and going across the middle with my head up, but at least getting a, you know, a shot or something, or maybe something, you know, under the pile where he gets the personal foul called. And then, you know, hey, you got some bumps and bruises, but you also got a ton of cash. That's Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk about that ridiculous situation in high school sports between Connellsville and Penn Hills. I'm Mark Madden, live at Buford's on 5th Avenue, 105.9 The X.